Welcome, friend. This is I Need Thee Every Hour, a podcast dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are listening to your ministering sister, Casey Mills. Hello, everyone. I am back for part two of Red Flags. Uh, In the last episode, if you missed it, I highly recommend you listen to it. Um, If you did listen to it and you've stuck with me, then congratulations, you're in for some more of a treat. So uh, I left off with two major red flags on my honeymoon of my previous marriage that... uh, Subsequently failed. Obviously, that's why I called it my previous marriage. <laughs> I, I am remarried. <laughs> Happily remarried uh, now. Um, so anyway, moving on to the two... I, I, I wanted to... It's been kind of hard to narrow it down to just two red flags per section or however you want to put it phase what have you uh but um i so i i but i narrowed it down to two major red flags just in the first year of marriage and so okay so i'll i'll get right down to it so i can't even remember how far into our first year of marriage this happened but i want to say it was pretty early on uh i i remember him asking me to sit down at our kitchen table and he had a notepad and pen and he asked me to tell him what my interests were. And I'm telling you, I was as at a loss for words as I am right now. I, I, just distinctly remember sitting there and thinking you don't know my interests we've been dating and been engaged and now married for probably not as long as we should have been before getting married but still I mean we had spent a lot of time together and we had done a lot of talking and done activities together and had even flown to visit his family and uh, yeah like it was really odd I mean like that's doesn't even begin to describe it and I just remember thinking and I'm I I'm pretty sure I said it too but I was like I know what your interests are you don't know mine and I wanted to be angry and yet he seemed so genuine it seemed so like like honest and like he was trying so you know what could I do I I really couldn't get mad I couldn't be mean what was I gonna say well if you don't know me by now you You'll never, never, never know me. No, no, I, I, I was, I, you know, I, I remember telling my oldest sister 
that I, you know, there were things that I didn't like, things I remember specifically telling her this was before I had gotten married. I said, there are things that have happened, you know, things he's said and done, you know, whatever that, you know, maybe normally or in the past, I guess not, I shouldn't say normally, but, you know, in the past, I would have broken up with a guy over that or or for much less. But I was so like, I'm an adult now and I'm in a, a in and excuse me, in an adult relationship now and you, you forgive people and you, and you try to, you know, it's mature to forgive and give people another chance and try to see the good in them and you know all of these things that can really be abused truly and i remember my sister was really upset with me and i remember thinking well why isn't she proud of me why isn't she happy for me well my goodness i mean hello, she, she was seeing the truth and I just truly wasn't. And I just didn't want to hear it. Um, but that's a, that's another subject. I, I will, I will get to that part of it. Um, so anyway, so, okay. So yeah, that was super bizarre. Uh, I, you know, and I, and I, and I know that we did, we, we talked, he wrote things down. I, you know, I told him my, all of my interests. I, I don't know if he was trying to find if we had common interests. I just don't remember a whole lot else, but that is something that was burned into my memory. Like you dated me, you proposed to me, you brought me to meet your family, you married me. <laughs> you met my family and you don't know what my interests are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then, uh, really, I, I know it wasn't much longer after that, um, that I started to really see, I mean, I mean, I mean, we're talking, I still just did not know who this person was. I really thought that I did, but I really didn't know who this person was. I, I really think, you know, maybe he was uh, holding it together a bit until we were married. I also think that, you know, people, I think the majority of people can attest to this, that you really truly don't know someone until you're married to them. And you really don't know yourself either. It's easy to say, well, I... I should have known or, or I I could have seen this in that person. And I'm telling you, you wouldn't even see it even if you were just living with the person. I don't know what it is about it, but once you're married to someone, it is a totally different ball game for both of you. I'm not saying I was always a peach to be married to. And I'll get into that. I promise you, I will get into that. I know what I brought in into the marriage to um contribute to it. I'm just purely saying that from my perspective, these were red flags that I should have taken to say this person is not a match for me, okay? Anyway, he had what I can only describe as a complete mental breakdown. Um, he started being brutally honest with me about uh, his uh, depression, his anxiety, um, you know, he was calling it seasonal depression, which, you know, I, it could have been that and he could have legitimately just been dealing with seasonal depression. But I know now after having been married to him that it was not either it was that in addition to other forms of depression um, or he was dealing with it 
with every season, pretty much. Um, and so maybe those were the ups and downs. As he finally got used to the change in season, <laughs> he, he'd kind of slip out of it a little bit. But then, oh, the seasons would change and he'd go right back down into it. I mean, it's just anyway, that's like I said, that's a whole nother episode there. Um, but anyway, but he had what I can only describe as a complete mental breakdown. He he was, um, you know, just being brutally, brutally honest with me about all of his struggles. And I just, you know, I'm the dutiful wife. I made my commitment. I married you in the holy temple. I'm your wife. I'm there for you. Okay. Truly and genuinely, I wanted to be there for the man. And so I said, you got to get some help. You know, in my mind, he hadn't gotten real help. So I, so I'm like, I'm going to get you real help. You've, you've been honest with me, quote unquote, honest with me. And you you haven't, maybe you haven't tried real therapy. Maybe you haven't tried therapy that worked. Maybe you didn't find the right therapist. Maybe, maybe you need to try some kind of prescription. I mean, I, I just, all I had known is that he had taken certain prescription drugs in the past. Um, I don't recall if he had taken anything for depression and anxiety, but I know that he had been on um ADD meds, ADHD meds for years, which, you know, I would venture to say that probably was a major contributing factor to a lot of his um, mental health issues. But anyway, I, I really just, you know, once again, I'm 18. He's 28. Actually, I think by this point, I was 19. I think I had turned 19. But you know, nonetheless, 19, 29, 10-year difference. Um, he he should have known better. Uh, I definitely could not have known better. Um, and But I just, you know, wanted to help him. I genuinely wanted to help him. And I remember that he had seen a doctor. He went and saw a doctor and got a prescription for something. It, uh, honestly, I don't remember what it was. It might have just been one thing. I don't think it was more than one thing. But he started taking it. And I want to say it was only a few days into it that he was freaking out. He was saying he couldn't sleep, um, that it was causing him to uh, just feel not himself. I, I I don't remember what all was happening, but just that he was not doing well. And I and I will be completely honest, I'm not a fan of prescription drugs. Not any of them. Okay. Um and 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 that's a and that's another another um episode entirely. But um I you know I I I really didn't know. I was completely out of my depth, and I just said, "Well, you know, I think you're you're supposed to contact your doctor, right? Like maybe the the prescription is off. You know, maybe you need to try something different. Maybe you need to try a different amount. I mean, I don't know. I'm saying you need to call your doctor, right? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? And to me, his response was, "I'm not calling the doctor. I'm just gonna quit it cold turkey." And I want to say he might have been on it for a week at that point. And again, my understanding was you don't just stop taking stuff cold turkey. You 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 ease off of it or you talk to your doctor and find out, you know, maybe there's, I don't know, you know, I wasn't a doctor. I wanted him to call the doctor, but he wouldn't. 
And he just wanted to – he didn't want he, – he said he didn't want to take anything because I know that there was also sleep meds that you could take to, to help you sleep. He did not want to do that. I know that was something he had said he didn't want to do. I didn't know why. But thinking back now, he probably had already tried all of these things and they just didn't work for him and he just wasn't being completely honest with me. But anyway, I digress. He just wanted to stop taking it cold turkey. And I remember there was – an occasion where I was going to be, where we were supposed to be going to dinner with my my family for something. I don't remember what it was, but he didn't want to go, um, and and I didn't know what was going on with him, and I I was scared, and I just remember going to the dinner with my family. We had gone out to eat, and he of course didn't come with me, and I didn't know what to say. But I, I did tell my family, you know, what I knew. I told them what was going on. I was I was scared. And honestly, I don't even remember what anyone said in response to it. And I'm and I'm telling you, that makes my family sound like they were bad or, or harsh or I don't know. I just think no one in my family really knew what to say. We haven't dealt with this kind of thing in my family. And 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 mind you, I probably should say up up until then, you know, my my family members did not they they didn't necessarily know him well enough at that point to say that he was not a good match for me. More their perspective was that I was too young, which was completely valid. But of course, I wanted to be an adult, and so yeah. I went through with it anyway. But after we got married, my family said we will we will fully embrace him, even though, you know, we didn't support you getting married. But we will we will be kind and we will, you know, treat him like a member of the family if you choose to go through with it. And they did. They absolutely did. Anyway, um, I don't remember what anyone said, but I really hadn't realized how bad it was until after that dinner I went home and I remember approaching the front door of my home and feeling this awful feeling. It felt like evil spirits. And I and I knew he was there, or at least I thought he was there. And I remember coming in the front door and I remember calling for him and getting no response. And it was dark in the house. And I something wasn't right. I knew something wasn't right. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified out of my mind. And so I left because I just didn't know. I didn't know what I was going to find. I didn't know if he was going to hurt himself, if he had hurt himself, if he was going to hurt me, if there was maybe someone had broken in or something. I didn't know what I was going to find. I had no way of defending myself. I just I, I was terrified and I was and my and our home was very far from my family. So um, it wasn't like I had family around the corner. So I just I just left and I called 911 and told them what was happening. And they ended up sending police over to the house to basically do a a check-in kind of a thing because I just I didn't know I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what what had happened. Well, they went in and what I ended up hearing from them because I I wasn't there. I had left. I don't remember where I went. Probably a gas station or something so that I because I didn't want to be there. Um that they went in and he kind of acted like 
there was nothing wrong. Like, he just didn't know I was there and totally played it off to the police like I was just crazy kind of a thing. Now, <laughs> I'm... <laughs> So there's a bit of a red flag there, but that's not the end of the entire red flag story. So anyway, um, they, you know, contacted me, said he's fine. He says he just didn't know you were home. He he didn't hear you. Um, it was just mis, you know, misunderstanding, basically. And I I was so relieved, so relieved, right? Naive. Naive is all get out, okay? So I go home. He tells me, well, a version of the truth. Um, he he said that he had been coming down off of these drugs and was feeling worse and worse and was feeling suicidal and was, he said he was basically wanting to die, wanting to kill himself, but he was afraid to, he was afraid to tell me, he was afraid when I came in, he was afraid to see me. He didn't want me to see him like that. Um, he, but he didn't, he claimed he didn't realize how scary that would have been for me. Um, and he just, yeah, basically, you know, and, and I, I'll say like, I, I thought it was completely psycho. Okay. Like, I, I'm going to be just straight up honest. I was like, this guy's a psycho. But again, I didn't want to think about him that way. I didn't want to view him as someone who I wanted to run from. I wanted to say, well, I I felt okay marrying him, right? That's that's an, another <laughs> another part to it. Um, that I, like I this guy, I, I want to believe he's a good guy. He you know he's he's got his problems. Everybody has their problems. You know who am I to judge? I want to be there for him. What would a good wife do? You know, I, I prayed with him. Uh, I, I just wanted to help him. And I wanted him to know that I was there for him. And I and I, I, I was I was in it for the long haul. I wasn't going to run from him. And uh, yeah. So that uh, that was a another um, big, big red flag of what was to come throughout our marriage. Um, so then I will uh, fast forward to uh, it was the second year of our marriage. Okay. Two major red flags. Okay. I had felt strongly that we needed to leave the state that we were living in and move to the state that his family was living in. So essentially moving away from my family and moving um, to be near his family. Um, it uh, We sold our home so fast that we had to move in with uh, his parents. And uh, we pretty much just, you know, went there without jobs, without a place to live. We, I, I think, you know, in hindsight, I think he was very relieved to uh, move back in with um, his parents. I think that was his um, comfort zone, as I uh, found out over the years. Um, anyway, uh, I wasn't thrilled about it, but I was willing to. I know, you know, sometimes you got to bite the bullet and move in with the in-laws. And uh, they were, they seemed like nice people uh, up until that point. And uh, so I, and, and I just figured this is temporary. We'll, we'll figure things out. 
So I will say that if you don't absolutely have to move in with in-laws, I would recommend against doing that. Um, and especially if you're moving into uh, someone's uh, former bedroom, it's a little weird. Okay. Um, I anyway, and, uh, and uh, he had two of his siblings um, were single and living uh, at his parents uh, as well. So it just, I'm going to, the best way I can describe it is that I kind of just felt like his roommate that he got to sleep with. And I was pretty much just one of the siblings is kind of how I was viewed and treated. And it was really weird, really weird, because here's all these people that are used to this kind of dynamic, right, that I, I was not aware of, that I was not used to. And yet I was expected to kind of be the uh, just another sister. And yet I'm sharing a room with him and he's wanting to have sex. And it's just weird. OK, very weird. And, and that's a whole nother a whole nother um, element. But um, he, I remember that his mother wanted him to go to therapy. She seemed pretty adamant about it. And I wasn't totally sure what all she knew. Looking back now, now that I know what I know, this was a pattern with him. And I just wasn't privy to it until, until, um, later on in the marriage that this was something that he had been dealing with and just didn't tell me about before we got married. Anyway, so his mom, you know, had set it up. She 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 found the uh the uh, therapist. She was paying for it. She was And what I didn't realize is that she was expecting him to go and record it. I found out that he was not only was he recording it, but he was letting her listen to it, listen to his therapy sessions. And then not only that, but she was playing them over the loudspeaker in the home that we're all living in for everyone to hear. Now, if that wasn't weird enough for me, he's he's talking about me in these therapy sessions. He's talking about private conversations between us, things that I'm saying to him that you know, okay, fine. You want to tell your therapist some of this stuff and ask for advice? Well, that's one thing. But then then your mother and, and essentially everyone else within earshot is hearing these personal things that I'm sharing with you. I was not happy because some of the things that I was saying apparently hurt his mother's feelings. One of them was that I didn't want to live at their house. <laughs> we ended up living there for like a year and a half. I didn't want to live there anymore. I felt it was weird. I felt awkward there. And I did not feel like anything was sacred between us. I felt like this is not how it should be between a married couple. And yet that's how we were living and he just did not care. He did not care. And as far as I could tell, after however many months of therapy, nothing changed. Nothing got better. In fact, things only got worse between him and I. And not only that, things got worse, exponentially worse between me and all of his family members. And I wasn't totally sure what was happening. But in hindsight now, over the, the, the years, and now, you know, just kind of realizing things, right? You, you kind of figure things out when you're out of the fog, right? When you're away from the twilight zone. He had been telling his family members things. This is separate from the therapy sessions. He had been telling his family members things about me, um, true or not. 
uh, you know, uh, he was making me sound really bad to them and they just did not like me at all and were it I was definitely treated like a black sheep it was very isolating I was lonely I was depressed I just it was awful and then um that that then leads to the um second major red flag in our second year of marriage uh his brother one of his brothers that was living at his parents house uh with all of us at the time uh there was a a kind of a family meeting they called it a family council that they would do and from and and from my understanding they would his family would do these family councils um every so often and you know it it seemed like it came from a good place like the idea was something that was meant to resolve issues you're supposed to be able to con- kind of confront and 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 work things out but as far as i could see and from what i had heard about what had happened in the past they never ended well they always ended poorly People would get mad. People would yell. People would end up leaving with hurt feelings. Well, somehow, and I won't even get into the specifics. That's a whole other episode because it was just crazy town there at their house. But somehow I got put in this position where I was the bad guy. And his brother completely cussed me out. And then not only that, um, which I got no defense from anyone, right? Of course. Um, And then not only that, he continued to call my husband and call um, the other family members and just rail on them about me. And uh, I, I got no no help, no defense, no, no anything. Um, I will say that eventually the guy apologized to me, but I, looking back now, I know that this was, a, a again, this was a history with him. Um, he all, he, uh, I ended up finding out, you know, a lot, there was a lot of uh, drug abuse, prescription drug abuse. Um, he just a very unstable person. Um, I, I honestly don't know who's more unstable, him or or uh, my uh, my previous husband. But um, there was a lot, a lot of um, a lot of issues, a lot of issues, and uh, he definitely was taking it out on me. Uh, his issues at the time. Uh, eventually, he ended up pointing his issues at at other people in the family including a a a subsequent wife and um and uh, of course that marriage didn't last very long but anyway um that was that was a pretty big uh red flag um realizing that he basically my spouse was siding with his brother uh he he was not about to stand up for me i believe he fueled uh, his brother's anger toward me by by telling him things about me that either were true and and were none of his brother's business or or even just straight up lies right i i, I don't know everything i just know what the spirit has told me the the truth um to know that uh, his family believed uh false things about me and were definitely being being um fed things that they had no business um, hearing about me, which then, of course, uh, severed any kind of relationship that that could have been there. And it's just very unfortunate. And um, that's just I am sorry. I don't I don't care who you are. You, you don't do that sort of thing to your spouse. So um, there eventually things came to a head and I felt like the Lord was telling me to leave. And I remember going and getting in my car and 
I just started driving. I didn't have anything with me, but I was heading. I was heading back to my home state, and I just wanted to get the hay out of there. I, I, I couldn't take it anymore. And I really, looking back now, I really believe the Lord was trying to get me to get away. Um, it had gone on long enough. It was not truly, I mean, obviously the Lord knew things were not going to get better. And, um, and But I, just for the same reason why I kept looking past all these other things, I, I was scared. I was scared to go back to my parents' house. Well, my mom's house. My parents were uh, divorced. Um, they, they divorced when I was, um, yeah, actually not too long before I ended up getting married. Um, and so, so I was scared to go back to my mom's house. I, I was scared to, it was pride was part of it. You know, I didn't want to go to my family and say, yeah, you guys were right. I shouldn't have married this guy. Right. I wanted to prove that I could make it work, you know, and there were other members of my family that had been divorced at that point. And so I just really didn't want that to be my legacy. I didn't want to become a part of that club is how I felt about it. I was like, no, no, I, 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 I want to make my marriage work. I want to say, I want to be able to say that I really, truly did everything I possibly could to make this work. And I just, I wasn't ready to give up. That was what I felt like at the time, like I would have been giving up. But looking back now, I wouldn't have been giving up. I would have been saving myself, like truly saving myself and my future children. So that was really unfortunate. Um, you know, it was good intentioned. It was well intentioned that I that I wanted to stay. Um, but again, I just I didn't know how to truly pray for true answers. I just I was still so young. I just didn't know enough about prayer at the time, and so that is one thing that I try to teach my children. Because I don't want them to make the same mistakes as me. I know they're going to make mis- make mistakes. I know it. It's going to happen. I know I can't save them from everything. But if I can teach them how to pray and how to get answers to prayers and how to trust in the Lord, even when things are scary, even when we're afraid of what people might say about us or think about us or how we look to whoever, you you have to be unafraid of being obedient to the Lord, whatever that, whatever that looks like. Some people are told to stay in a marriage. Some people are told to leave. Okay. It's, it's a very individual thing, very individual thing. Anyway, I'm going to end this, uh, episode on, uh, red flags with a final thought. Uh, like I said, I'm not putting all of the blame on, my former spouse, or even his family, there's, you know, but, but I will say that you, the Lord can't change your will. He, 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 he cannot, he will not force you to do anything, right? That's Satan's domain, right? To try and force you. But even he can't force you right? If you are determined to self-harm in whatever form that may be, 
nothing is going to stop you from doing that until you decide to stop. It was my free will to continue dating, to be engaged, to to continue being married, to, to you know follow through with marriage and continue being married to and subsequently having children with someone who was showing me time and again that they were not suitable for me to be married to them. But my will was that I wanted to continue on. I was trying to prove something to myself or the Lord or my family or I don't know who, right? But I was essentially performing self-harm. But that was my choice. That was my will. I am still learning to develop appropriate boundaries and to be in tune with the Holy Spirit enough to to know what is something that the Lord expects me to put up with versus when it's okay to walk away. And that is a really difficult thing. Again, it's a very individual thing, okay? Sometimes people do things knowingly and sometimes they don't, okay? That's, that's you know, to us or others, right? But the Lord knows your heart, their heart. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost will speak the truth, it can, only, it can only speak truth, okay? You are entitled to prayer, the power that comes from praying. You can and should call upon the Lord to help you to know the truth of all things and how the Lord expects you to handle things in every situation. Because you are going to, I guarantee you, it doesn't matter what the situation is, the Lord, when you are in tune with the Lord, the Lord is going to surprise you. And whatever it is that he's telling you to do, he will also be there with you to give you the strength to do whatever it is that he's telling you to do. I testify of that. I know of that. I know of a surety. I've been through too much and I've had too many circumstances and too many answered prayers to, to uh, say otherwise. I say these things in the sacred name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Until next time, God bless. Mm-hmm.